I want to uh, go to the book of Job, chapter 19, and I want to read two verses. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Amen. Woody, it's good to see y'all back here. Amen. I was about ready to come get y'all, too. I thought about driving over and we could get in another discussion out in the yard or in the driveway or something about about something. <laughs> missed, missed you folks. Amen. Just always good to see you. I, I just feel like, folks, uh, that we don't do a lot of special, you know, uh, maybe popular things and we don't do a lot of entertaining. I understand, I understand all this. Probably places that you could go and be entertained better and maybe better preaching and better probably ever the programs. We have people leave this church because of programs. Uh, and, I, and I understand that. But I, I, it's what I'm really feeling like now. I need to, right now and I need to just say this to us. I need to put this in words. I believe because we believe and we've held on to some things. We just won't let it go. We just keep standing for some things. I just believe there's a, Sister Gregory, I believe there's a blessing coming that we won't have room enough to receive. He, he's about to open up heaven. Why? Because of faithfulness. Just the faithfulness. You know, Thursday night, you know, well, a couple Thursday nights ago, we had a baptismal service right here on Thursday night prayer time. And we try not to be, we try not to showboat. We play all that down. You got enough of that on TV. People being cool, being slick. Are you, no, I'm not against that. But, but that won't replace a move of God. And so, so you know, we, we just come here to pray. Does that work or not? I believe it does. And so God moves and God blesses. And uh, I, I feel greater things coming, greater things on the way. Amen. And he's coming to your house. Job 19, verse 25 and through verse 26. For I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 26. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh... Shall I see God? You know, I, I, I would never try to cause a, a, you know, a division here in this church. I feel like we're pretty tight around here. You know, we have some basic doctrines we believe and we just kind of hammer on some of those things and we won't let them go. But, but, but beyond that, beyond repentance, water baptism in his name and, and believing in the one God message and, and you know, that's what, that, is the, that, is, that is the thing that separates us from all other denominations right there. That's it, if you're wondering. But beyond that, you know, there's all kind of ideas and beliefs and feelings and, 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 and so that's allowed. That's allowed. Amen. But, but you know, of course, there's the enemy comes in and tells people that it's not allowed. They tell people how strict we are and how hard we are and how tough we are. And, and so people leave without talking to us and without getting this. Listen, there's people all over this place that believe a little different on issues and certain things. And that's okay. I, I, I'd rather celebrate our differences than fight about them. You know, like Brother Tenney used to say, you can win the argument and lose a friend. Right. 
I'd rather have a friend. Now, there's some things that we're just not going to, you're not going to give very much on or anything on some things. Amen. But, but, but the subject that we're dealing with, and I won't have time to deal with it. I'm just kind of skim a little bit and just kind of throw some things out. Amen. Amen. Job had it. It's the starting point. It's what everybody has to agree on if you get anywhere with God. He just simply said, my Redeemer lives. He's alive. He's well. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but, but here's what we got to get before I let you be seated. These words, these what I call famous words, were spoken not when he was on the mountaintop, not when things were going well, not when he just bought a new suit and got a new hairdo and had, you know, some rich uncle died and he had a bank full. No, no, no. Everything in the world had gone wrong. This came out of a man who was going through the worst of times. This is what makes the difference. This is what makes this statement so powerful to me. Amen. It's unimaginable at the tragedies that had happened and that were happening. These things had befallen Job and his whole family, and it seemed that the pain would never end. Yet he comes out with a statement my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer is alive. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Amen. Let's, let's prophesy. Let's prophesy again to two or three people around. Look at them and say, I'm about to be blessed and so are you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you, folks, I don't know what your ha- what's happening at your house and what's going, but, but let me tell you, good things are happening in the kingdom of God. That's where I want to stay. That's where I want to be. Good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. The protection of God had been removed and all of the forces of hell had closed in on Job and his house and his family. Yet Job had somehow, I don't know how, he kept his perspective enough to say, you know, my Redeemer lived. He stayed on course. Hallelujah. Amen. How did he do it? I don't know about you, but I'm just kind of, you know, I'm curious because, you know, we are limited as to what we can, I know the Bible said, you know, that, you know, he wouldn't put any more on us than we could bear. And so, believe me, I, I, you know, I've thought of that a few times. Like, well, I just don't know what I can handle and if I can handle this, but God promised me that, that you know, he was going to just make sure that I wouldn't be overloaded with these things. Amen. But, but, but I'm still curious how all of this stuff, maybe some folks are tougher than others. You know, some folks just go through it and, and they are, uh, right in the middle of it and they're still praising God and there's still a smile on their face and their disposition is good and right and, and holy and friendly. And other folks, you can read them like a book. You can tell, you know, whether things are good or, or not so good because it just shows all over them, all right? Uh, you know, but Job, I, I, again, I'm just curious as to how he was able 
to stay like he was and to keep the attitude and the spirit. I mean, I mean, how could he keep loving a God and respecting a God who allowed all of this tragedy to befall him? Wait a minute, because I thought God was good and wonderful and long-suffering, and I thought you just got, no, no, you know, you know, we've got a misconception about some things. Again, it's who we listen to and who we hear. Amen. See, the, the, the thing was that, you know, whatever come, is in you, when the test comes, that's what's going to come out of you. You know, when somebody, is, somebody throws a, what we used to call a forked fit, whatever that is, that's a bad one, you know. The reason stuff come out of there and, and, you know, I know when I hit my thumb, I, you know, I said a bad word. And I cur- That's because it was in there. You get full of God. You get washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, baptized, amen, in his Holy Spirit. Then you can mash all the thumbs you want and all the fingers and nothing like that ugly or bad. is going. That's the key, folks. Job, amen, the Bible said was perfect, before God. Now that didn't mean that he had no flaws. The word perfect in the Old Testament just simply means mature. Don't you think it's about time for some Pentecostals to grow up and take some responsibility and stop giving excuses to themselves for doing all kind of things that we know are not right? We let ourselves off of the hook so many times by making excuses for ourselves. Amen. But Job, the Bible said, was mature in God. That's the very reason that God in his little conversation with Satan, by the way, for some of you that like to talk about Satan a lot and the enemy, let's talk about it. They met up. They know each other very well. In fact, God created him. And if you want to talk about dumbness, and that's our word for stupidity, he was already in heaven. He had it. We're just trying to get there. He was already there and was too dumb to behave himself and got cast out by the Lord. They met up and he didn't realize, amen, that God had a man and he still got some men and women places in this world that won't sell out to the things of the world and sell out to the enemy and the devil. Amen. And so, you know, God asked him what he was doing. He said, going to and fro in the earth. I'm, I'm just doing bad things. I'm just, I'm just getting into stuff. I'm hurting. I'm harming everybody. And God brought it up. It was God's idea. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan, oh yeah, I considered him, but you've got a hedge, a fence, a wall around him. And I can't, guess what God did? God said, you know what, I'll take it down. He thinks he's something. He thinks he's more powerful. He's lied so much he believes his own lies. God forbid that we believe him. God said, okay, if that's what you want, go try him. You know what God did? You know what the whole deal was? God trusted Job. God, but it wasn't, it wasn't that Job believed in God. No, no, God believed in Job. Isn't that awesome that God can trust us? God can know that we're gonna be all right. God can know that we're gonna behave ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that, that's what God's looking for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He let him in. But you know what? Satan still didn't get it. He said, when I get done with him, he's gonna curse you to your face. In fact, through Job's wife, that's what she tried to get him to do. You've lost everything. Your family's dead. All your stuff's been stolen, your cattle and your camels and your livestock's been driven away, stolen by thieves and here you are now, amen. You're broke out in these boils. You're sitting in a, in a garbage heap. Why don't you just curse God and die? Here, here it comes again. What's in a person is gonna come out. He was trustworthy. He was who he was. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. He was faithful. He was loyal. He was true. You could count on him. And so what was in there came right out. He said, you speak as one of those foolish women. How can, how can you say such a thing? Hallelujah. Amen. Modern Christianity. We ought to understand what Job understood. At, at, that at the center of the will of God, we don't get this yet, but right in, you, you want to get in the will of God? Amen. Right there is where we sometimes experience the greatest disappointments, the greatest problems, the biggest trouble, and the, and the deepest tragedies. Oh, in the, yeah, I said it. In the will of God is where that takes place. Oh, we thought when we got in the will of the Lord, then everything's going to be hunky-dory now. Never, no. I know somebody like, well, I don't know if I want to get in the will of the Lord or not. That's carnality speaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? Job's friends, they needed to learn this too. They didn't know that either. Because immediately when things wasn't going right and they were in there, he was in his dry spell, he lost everything, they began to tell him, you know, basically, there's something wrong in your life. You're not in alignment with God and God's will. You got to be out of the will of the Lord. What was that? The disciples asked Jesus about the blind guy. They said, who sinned? See, that, that, that's been a doctrine and a trend all the, all the while. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Remember what Jesus said? Neither one. It had nothing to do with it. But see, we want to we wanna find somebody to pin it on. We want to find somebody to blame it on. Well, just blame God. It's his fault. Hallelujah. But you know what? He's going to get something out of us. He's going to make something out of us. Hallelujah. Amen. God knew Job was the one he could count on to prove to Satan that everyone doesn't serve God for selfish reasons. Self-interest is Satan's basic philosophy. Make me feel good. Make me happy. Y'all know, I, as a lady that comes here once in a great while, she tell, I've told this before. She told me, she looks, she tells me just like it is, but I tell her how it is. And when she does that, that leaves the door open for me. She said, Brother Curry, I feel, every, it, without fail, when I come to your church, I feel worse when I leave than I do when, I'm there, when I get there. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, Somebody has taught her or conveyed to her that, that you know, it's all supposed to be encouragement. Well, I, I believe in that. There's all kind of messages in the Bible. You know, there's, a, there's encouragement, you know, you can do it message, you know, that, that you know, we'll, we'll preach that once in a while and we all feel like we can run through a troop and jump over a wall and you can do all of these things. And that's, that's you know, that's good. 
you can't preach every message that way. All types of words that we have to, you know, to create a balanced diet, spiritually speaking. If you just go and just be made feel good all the time, you're not going to make a lot of progress. I mean, you know, there's some things that we don't want to do. We don't like to do. There's some mornings we don't feel like getting up and coming to the house of God. But let me tell you something, folks. Everything God does, listen to me closely, some of y'all. Amen. Everything, listen, let me just say it like this. God does nothing apart from his church. The church is his body. The church is his bride. That's why all hell comes against the church. That's why carnality comes in. That's why there's church splits. There's daughter works before daughter works were, were, were popular because people couldn't get along and they was fine. You know why? You have human beings there. But regardless of all of that, God has chosen to establish a church on this earth. He put ministries, various ministries in that church. Uh, There's an idea. Me and Jesus got our little deal going and I just talked to Jesus and I prayed it. Well, good for you. But you're getting nowhere apart from the church. You struggle to get to church. You fight every demon in hell, amen, to get to the house of God because that's where God moves. That's how God works. That's how the gifts of the Spirit operate, amen, because how are you going to get the gifts of the Spirit if it's like one of you? How are you going to have five-fold ministry if you just got one or two? There's, there's certain ministries that are put in the church and, and they're there to help you and to bless you and to get you through things. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I look at this on a little big, little bigger level. You know, I have a struggle sometimes going to district things. That just moves it out a little further. District functions, all right? I could say, you know what, I got a, we've got a great church, great people. The Spirit of the Lord moves here. I, I don't need Bishop Wright, and I don't need, you know, uh, all those brethren that I sit around the board room with, and we try to plan things. I, I don't need all that. I got all that. But let me tell you, without fail, Brother Green, I can, I can go sit in that board meeting, and sometimes it is a board meeting. That's just part of it, okay? But, but without fail, there's things that I just grab my little pen, I just take a little note. And I'm thinking, I am so glad that I'm here. It could be a men's meeting. It could be ladies. Thank God for the ladies that, that sacrificed and went down to the ladies' meeting just this past week. And, and there's things that you're going to get out there in a service under some ministry that you don't have here. Listen, God's providing these things. We, as a people, ought to be smart enough to take advantage of it. Hallelujah. I'll get off of that subject and get back on Job here. Amen. We need the church. We need preaching. We need teaching. We need worship like we had today. We need prayer. And I'm going to tell you what else. Amen. We need outreach. Don't keep it all to yourself. Amen. I hope you contact people this week. Tell them we're going to have a great time. You know, and Brother Frierson, he'll preach up a storm. And he has the best spirit of anybody in the world. Amen. And so we're going to have the Holy Ghost move here in this place. Praise God. Amen. But Satan could, cannot grasp. This is the part that doesn't get. He can't grasp a person who loves God for who he is and not what he can get out of him or what God gives. That's another little trend. Ooh, come serve God, and then you'll be blessed for hereafter. You'll be made feel good from now on. <laughs> I'm guilty. 
I'm guilty. I, I, I'm just a killjoy sometimes. Everybody can be going along and the Holy Ghost just be telling them, you got to say it. You got to tell them. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I like people liking me. I like to see you smiling. But I know I can just shut a good worship service down just pretty quick. That's what truth does. That's where the rubber meets the road. Amen. That's where we get to a place where like, you know, I have no choice but worship. I still see people come in, you know, and during a worship service, I still see people, you know, just looking around. I'm like, what? God's moving in here. And the Bible's full of clap your hands, all your people shout with the voice of triumph. It's, it's just replete with telling us what to do. And we come in like, we used to have a lady come here and she yawned all the time. I mean, y'all, I'm talking about it'd get thick, it'd get powerful. You could almost see it. <laughs> Some of y'all could, y'all know who I'm talking about when I start doing it. We've had so many people come through here. And I mean, people even come, I don't know why she'd come to the altar. Her whole family would come to the altar and she'd get right about here. You know, and we'd, it'd be like, ooh, I'm just feeling God. I know we don't go by feelings all the time, and it's just, it was just here. Oh, somebody's getting the Holy Ghost. Somebody's getting blessed. Somebody's shouting over here. And I never will forget. It's just these, you know how certain things just stick in your mind? You know, and I'm like looking at her, and she's like, she's either yawning or chewing gum, but the yawn always got me. It was like, <sighs> she's looking at everybody. I'm like, she don't know who the president is. <laughs> she's like out there you know <laughs> at least in the spirit <laughs> I mean, she don't know what's going on she don't know what year it is <laughs> I'm like wake up amen you need preaching you need teaching you need to make the you need to make the connection here you need to get plugged in and start feeling the Lord God's moving in this place it's more than about feeling good Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, one of the drawing cards of modern Christianity is, is you, know, you know, blessed finances and better marriages and good health and everything that's good. You know, and I'm certainly not preaching against all of that, but that can't be the number one reason that you come to God. It's like my kids when they were in high school and Chad used to say it, like, you know, I'd be getting on to him about this or that and, of course, church was always number one and he, and he, made, he used to make a statement, but, Dad, we just want to have fun. And I'm like, Chad, I'm not against fun in so many words. You just can't make it a priority. You can't make it the number one thing in your life. Have fun. You know, I mean, you, you're going to be poor the rest of your life if you make fun the priority. Hallelujah. Amen. But this is what, and I'm not knocking other churches. Thank God for whatever they do for God. But, but, but it's, a, it's a sad situation when, you know, pastors can't deal with situations. You can't say, oh, can't say that. That's just, no, say it. Because it's going to be said some point down the road somewhere. So we might as well just deal with it now. That's why that I believe that whatever's going to happen, Brother Thompson, whatever tragedy or whatever horrible thing happens to this world or this nation, you know what folks are going to do? Folks are just kind of hanging around the fringe. It's going to be God's mercy at work. Fringe folks who kind of like us, but they can't pay the price. The big deal is standard. Oh, yeah, I don't know. They make me do this. Make me do this. Listen, listen, when the bomb goes off, we don't have Philadelphia anymore or Baltimore anymore. 
when the power goes off, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but they're saying, you know, a terrorist, that's the easiest hit right there. Just knock out the power grid. You think about that? You can't even get gas at the gas station without electricity. Uh, we have a we have an electric pump that pumps the water out of the well for this church and our house. Guess what? The water gets shut off. How long do you think you'd like to go without without water? You'd be hauling it from the creek down there somewhere, the spring. That'd get old pretty quick. No lights. Now, you know, we like to set up late. And after a while, guess what? You, you, you're entertained, young people. Guess what? You got to charge these things up every once in a while. It don't take long for this to run out. The computer won't work. Amen. Nothing. Just, just think about that. And when all that hits and all that, that's a possibility, whatever kind of thing happens, guess what? You know, folks won't be looking for a church just makes them feel good. They won't be looking for entertainment. No, they'll be saying, you know, get me in a church where the Holy Ghost is moving. I, I, I need a touch of God here because we need a miracle in our country and in our world. Little, little things like that can, can really, really change the way we think and the way we look at situations. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but you know, you get blessed finances. You get better, you know, so people just keep going. The churches keep growing, keep filling them up. The offerings get bigger. They keep building bigger buildings, you know, and they do all kind of good things too along with that. Did Jesus teach this? This is my question. Listen, it's what he said in Matthew 10, 22. We ought to ask questions here. He said, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Listen, I'm going to keep hanging on to that name, Brother Rich. I'm going to keep hanging on to it. I know that, you know, that we're hard-headed and whatever else you want to call us, amen. But he said, he told us, you're going to be hated. Not because you shout, not because you sing loud, not because the PA system's up too loud. No, the main reason you're going to be hated because you won't let go of that name. Folks, listen, it is important. Let me tell you what else he said in this same chapter, Matthew 10 and verse 39. Watch what he said. Amen. Watch this. He that findeth his life shall lose it. Well, wait a minute. I thought when you got the Holy Ghost, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. When you give up everything. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews 11.25, watch this. Just throw a few out here for us. Amen. You know what Moses did? He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We got this thing in reverse, folks. You got a choice. He said, no, no, I'll just suffer with God's people. Amen. They went into it with a whole different approach than what we do today. Praise God. Praise it, but that's the message none of us want to hear. I understand that. Amen. Letting go of worldly treasures. Watch this. Matthew 19 and 29. One more. All right. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting. Let me tell you what this, what this means here. Listen, when you start standing for Jesus, your daddy's not gonna understand it, your mama may not understand it, your brother may not understand it. You got a choice to make. You can go with daddy and go with mama and tradition. I'm not, I'm not promoting separation. Or not, that's not what I'm promoting, but that's what Jesus was saying right here. When you take a stand for what's right and what the scripture teaches, that within itself will separate you from everybody else. 
And so we shouldn't think that's some strange thing, all right? Because it's taught throughout the scripture. Acts 19 and 16, hallelujah. You know what he said about Paul? Actually, Saul of Tarsus? You know, he said, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. There's that name again, and there's the suffering again. I'm gonna show, I'm gonna, that's what God said. I'm going I'm to show Paul some things. He put out some suffering. He made some other, I'm going to show him a couple things right now. Amen. Listen, I have to get it across to us that God is constant. Amen. He doesn't cease being good and merciful when I am in the valley and when I'm going through these things or when I'm in the middle of all this stuff. Amen. He's the same, the Bible said, yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And for us to ever expect to get through the storm and out of this crisis, the absolute truth of who and what God is and how he works has to be understood. Because you can get led out there looking for the happy and, you know, the shallow, you know, and, and, and you won't get anywhere. You really won't get what God has. Hallelujah. And then when we do get a revelation, we need to take hold of that revelation and never let it go. It is not for sale. Amen. I know that my Redeemer lives. Listen, in everything, let me just throw a little something out here. Amen. I feel like this is some Holy Ghost insight. Every test, every trial, and I know everybody believes in Jesus now. I, you know, it's just a kind of a popular thing. But, but, but all the tests, whether it's to be more liberal and more loose and discount the value of that or this, and uh, whatever it is, it's to get to you the point, get you to the place where you're really doubting whether God does really exist or not. Even the questioning, Brother Chad, why, you know, the tests and why the trials, and you were just talking about it this morning. All of that is to get you to the place where there will be a little bit of doubt. Amen. If he was really there, why wouldn't he come to my rescue? Why wouldn't he help me? Why am I not being blessed? I've been given. I've been coming to church and nothing. It's to create that doubt. Amen. But we have to be like Job, even though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. This is who we are. Hallelujah. I'm trying to quit. Let's all stand together. I'm not done yet, but I promise you, I'm just going to just skim through this real quick here. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, here's what I believe. Here's what I really believe. I, I believe that the Spirit gives us an enlightenment. In other words, or a, a, a cognizance so we can know. Uh, listen, it's not all about how smart you are and how intelligent. That's not it. There's intelligent people out there who don't believe in God. Don't believe none of this. They think we're the craziest people. We do have some smart folks among us. But, but that's not really what it's about. Amen. But, but, but that knowing, that's what he said. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. I believe the, the Spirit, amen, gives us that enlightenment. And, and that, my friend, will be our anchor, our beacon in life storms. And I want to close with a story that I've used here before. I don't know if some of you remember it or not. But if you do, just act like you didn't remember it. it, it I can't get away from it. I probably should just tell it, but I, want to, I don't want to miss anything. But, but it was April 24th, 1916. What this was... 
this was a guy named Shackleton. And he had a crew of 27 men. And they had attempted to become the first expedition to cross the Antarctica. If you don't remember where that's, it's as far south from the south, but not that far south. All the way down next to the South Pole. Nothing almost but ice. Some people think, feel like that's where the floodwaters from Noah went. Somebody said, where'd all the waters go? North and South Pole. All ice. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but on April 24th, 1916, their ship had become icebound, and then the relentless pressure of the ice had crushed and sunk the ship. God, they were in a fix. So they had been forced to make a desperate escape in their salvaged lifeboats to a bleak, rocky island where they were on solid ground, but where no human life could survive for very long. To stay where they were meant certain death, whether by freezing or starvation. No one would come to the rescue because nobody knew where they were. Their only hope was to be found on South Georgia Island, but that was 800 miles away across some of the stormiest waters on earth in the middle of winter. These folks were in a fix. They would encounter bitter cold, icebergs, waves up to 70 feet high, and 80 mile an hour winds. This is in our history books. With virtually no navigational devices, it certainly wasn't modern back in those days, they would have to hit their target precisely. Or they would be swept out into 3,000 miles of empty, cold ocean. Only fools, think about it a minute, only fools are desperate men. I, I, listen, they had no choice to attempt such a venture. It's the only way. And that's where God puts us sometimes. We in America love choices. Well, I'm going to choose. I'm going to decide whether I go to church, whether I don't go to church. I'm going to decide whether I like that pastor or don't like him or like somebody better than him. You know, we're a land of opportunity and, and choices. But once in a while, God slaps us in a place we have no choice. And you know what that brings us? God, I've got to have a miracle. I've got, I've, 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 I have to have a miracle. Amen. Amen. So, there was no other option. Shackleton and his six-man crew, six-man crew, pushed off the beach of Elephant Island during a break in the storm, leaving the rest of the crew behind. Frank Worsley, who acted as navigator, later recalled his efforts. And this is the part I want to get to right here. He said once, perhaps twice a week, this, is, this message is for somebody I feel like here. One, think about that. Once, maybe twice a week, the sun smiled suddenly through those winter storm clouds. He said, if I was ready, and he said, if I was smart, he said, I caught it. See, they were able to get their bearings by the sun. But if it's cloudy, anybody ever been in a cloudy day where you, know, you, you, you don't know where you are? Well, this is where they were. They were able to get their bearings and in one of the greatest feats of seamanship in history, Shackleton and his men reached South Georgia Island 
through the heart of a hurricane. From there, he returned to rescue all of his men alive from Elephant Island. The only hope a soldier or a sailor has of surviving a storm is to have a fixed point of reference. Hallelujah. And that reference, that fixed point, enables him to keep track of where he is and where he's headed. So you don't know, you don't know where you are unless you have some point to reference that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Lord of Lords, is our fixed reference point. Everything else is changing. Listen, we are living in changing times. Everything is changing. This is in style today. Tomorrow it'll be gone. This will be a new fad coming on. Listen, our government's changing. Our country's changing. Do you know that, that we, we elect people that, that, that go into Congress and, and the House of Representatives, and you know what they're doing? You know, we're paying them to do? They're making new laws hundreds and hundreds of new laws that they're making. You know, you know, Brother Jake was just telling me that, that they're trying to fix, make a law, and maybe they already have, but the insurance companies can only make 15% because they've made millions and millions over the years. Now, that sounds pretty horrible to poor folks like us. But let me tell you something. On the other hand, capitalism is, and that's what I think we are, is you make all the money you want. Because guess what? You know who gives jobs to people? People who have money. And you start holding them down. I'm just throwing that out. I'm telling you, things are changing. All around, whether you agree or disagree. You know who gives the most jobs? Big oil companies who are just being bombarded every way they turn. You cut all that out and shut them down. Guess what? People lose jobs. Our economy goes down. It gets worse than what it is. But that's what. But but things are changing. We're we're, we're living in a whole different world than what it was when we were kids, Brother Green. But there's one thing that doesn't change. Listen, I'll argue politics with you. I'll give you my feelings. You can give me yours. You can vote for a different person. That's okay with me. It is important, but it's not the most important. The most important thing is, hallelujah, just to know that my Redeemer lives. Amen. He's going to see me through this. He's going to bless me because he loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's like the song, it's not about me. It's about him. Praise God. Feel his presence, feel his presence. Feel his presence. I'm so excited about some of you being blessed. We've claimed it. I pray for it on a daily basis that you be blessed. And it's gonna start with an understanding. And you may have some things that you can't give yourself a choice on. There's a smorgasbord of denominations and religions and churches and some of them make you feel good and some of them don't. So you can choose to leave one and go to, it's just your choice. I hope the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you so strongly. I hope you see this so vividly 
that you say, you know what, I can't, I can't. This is what I have to do. That's what's the difference between us and, listen, listen, this is not a job. This is not a vocation for us. This is a calling. So I can't get away from it. Hallelujah. Even though you slay me. And when a desperate person, when a hungry person comes in contact with somebody like that, this is, this is who we are. You know what? If they're not hungry, they probably will go somewhere that makes them feel good. But if they're hungry and desperate for God, guess what? They're going to be saying, this is what we've been looking for. <laughs> These folks are not a joke. They're not playing games. Amen. So I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Just got some of us in a dry spell right now. That's okay. Some of us are in a storm right now. But just cast the old anchor. Hallelujah. Just batten down the hatches. We're going to be here a little while. We're not going. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give thanks to him one more time. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Don't forget what's going on at the church. Amen. Tie yourself to it. Hallelujah. That's what the old shipmans used to do. The old captains of the ship, the mate in the storm, you know, they would tie themselves to the mast. They said, if the ship goes down, I'll just go down with it. But if not, I'll be here. Strap yourself in. Tie yourself down. Let the waves continue to wash over. But you'll be there. Because if you're not, guess what? You'll be gone with the rest of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Make your, make your mark here. Some of you have got great talent. You have abilities. Amen. Be a part of us. Amen. Be a part of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. And you know what? We're, this team, we're looking, we're looking for laborers all the time. And, and when we look right around the altar, that's where we look mostly. And then we go back a ways, but mostly we look right around the altar. So, so listen, be the path to this altar. Stay here until you have a good spirit toward everybody. Get victory over self. Start believing the promises of God. Amen. Amen. And watch God elevate you and bless you. You'll come out of that, and you'll be a better person for it. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Thank you so much for being a part of this church. Thank you for helping us with revival. Thank you for everything you do, every bit of worship that you do. Thank you for every penny that you give. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Dismiss. Shake hands. Amen. Be friendly. Put a smile on your face. <laughs>